Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, one of the typical best practices of modern aquarium keeping is the preparation or curing of wood before you add it to your aquarium. Now, th- there's very little questioning within the hobby about the need for some preparation before it's suitable for keeping uh, with fishes. We're, you know, generally admonished not to simply toss wood into the aquarium. And it makes sense, right? I mean, being a product of the terrestrial environment, wood could not only contain a lot of dirt, dust, and other pollutants, which upon, you know, wetting will leach into the water. And doing at least a thorough rinse with maybe with fresh water is a practice that I absolutely agree with. When you first submerge wood, a lot of the dirt and I use that in air quotes, from the atmosphere and the surrounding environment comes off along with tannins, lignin, and all sorts of other stuff from the exterior surfaces and all those nooks and crannies that we love so much. And ah, the tannins again, here I go. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm always a little bit sadistically amused by those frantic posts you see on aquascaping forums from hobbyists with their, you know, that their water's turning brown after adding a piece of driftwood and like, when will it end? And I'm like, what's the big deal here? Now, of course... I get it. Not everybody, you know, likes it, but it is kind of funny to me. Anyway, tannins aside, when it comes to one of the main reasons why we're educated from day one in the hobby to cure aquarium or wood before we put it in our aquariums is that it will leach an abundance of tannin into the water upon submersion and that most wood types will continue to leach tannins pretty much for as long as they're submerged. Well, actually, a lot of people don't talk about that, but yeah, they generally will do that. As a tinter, or someone that loves these kind of tinted water uh, scenarios, I see this as a great advantage in helping and establishing that sort of look to foster the microbiome and to impart all the humic substances that have been proven to be really beneficial to the health of almost all freshwater fishes. It's a unique aesthetic too, of course. But when it comes to preparation, I'm really more concerned with those impurities, the trapped dirt and stuff contained within the wood as opposed to stuff like lignin and tannins. As you probably know by now, that's... That concern is also why I've been a staunch advocate of the probably overly conservative boil and soak approach to the preparation of botanicals too. Um, Not not only because I I think it's important to understand that there is material leached out, but a lot of people add these things to established aquariums and that presents some, you know, potential uh, biological uh, implications. And when it comes to wood, a lot of material does get bound up in the dermal layer of the tree where the wood comes from. The bulk of the dry mass of the xylem, which is the network within the tree that transports water and soluble mineral nutrients from the roots throughout the plant, and essentially comprises what we know as wood, that stuff is, is the, the bulk of the mass is cellulose, it, which is a polysaccharide, and most of the remainder is lignin, which is a sort of complex polymer. Okay, so why the mini botany lesson, Feldman? Well, because you have to have some idea what you're putting into a tanky, and when you do that, you'll have better understand why it behaves the way it does when it's submerged. In a given you know, piece of driftwood, there's going to be some material bound up in these structures, and it will be released gradually or otherwise into the water uh, that surrounds it, often with a big burst occurring upon the initial submersion, but then over time. This is why during the first couple of weeks after you submerge wood that there, the water you know, becomes dark and possibly even cloudy. There's a lot of stuff in there. And that's why it's long been recommended as a best practice to start the curing process in a separate container apart from the display aquarium. It's not rocket science nor some wisdom that only, you know, the enlightened aquarists attain. It's pretty much common sense and a practice we all need to simply view as necessary with terrestrial materials like wood and botanicals. 
You may love the tannins as much as I do, but you could do without the polysaccharides and impurities from the outer layers of the wood. The potential effects on water quality are significant. Now, significant doesn't necessarily mean bad, though, does it? So here's the natural corollary. It's pretty plain to see that at least part of the reason we see a burst of new algae growth and biofilm and wood recently added to a tank is that there's so much stuff bound in it, up in it, you know? Algal and fungal spores can literally bloom during the initial period after submersion. It's exactly what happens in wild aquatic habitats of the world when tree trunks and branches are covered in, you know, by water. A lot of hobbyists simply don't want to see this stuff in their display tank. On the other hand, the adventurous aquarist in me can't help but wonder if we should just give the wood a thorough washing and let the whole process play out in the aquarium to foster this amazing biodiversity within the aquarium itself. Again, this is an example of setting up an aquarium from the start to replicate both the form and function of nature. Now, why not do this? What would the downsides be? I've done this a bunch of times, a bunch, a bunch of times with no issues. However, the experience is a bit different. It starts with what you see. Yeah, you'll see a lot more biofilm, fungal growth, detritus, and perhaps even slightly hazy water for a period of time. You'll have to carefully monitor the nitrogen cycle and manage nutrient accumulations with good husbandry. You'll have to employ a lot of patience, and yeah, I'd recommend testing during the break-in process. And you say, testing for what, Scott? Well, likely ammonia and nitrite for starters. And the next question is, have you done all this testing when you tried this, Scott? And my answer is, not always. I'll admit it. Why? Well, for one thing, it's because I'm in no rush to add fishes to brand new aquariums. I just never am. Because I let my tanks develop biologically for a long time before I add them. I did it out of sheer curiosity, of course, and the, the testing and so forth. And the cycle time was really nothing extraordinary at all. Really, the biggest difference between this in situ curing and using an external container was that the stuff that emerged from the wood itself would accumulate in the display tank and impact the water appearance and possibly the chemistry. Although I admit I didn't notice a significant difference in nitrate or even phosphate in new tanks where the curing process was undertaken internally. Remember though, I'm a water change fanatic. I perform, you know, 10% water exchanges in every tank I maintain every week without fail. So there was some dilution of whatever organics were found in the water. The biggest difference that I determined by testing, or the biggest difference that testing uncovered was in TDS. Uh, I had higher numbers of TDS when I would dissolve, when I would dissolve, when I would uh, submerge my wood in the, um, the display aquarium to so, quote unquote cure it. And of course, because TDS represents the total concentration of dissolved substances in water, it can include both inorganic salts as well as small amounts of organic matter. To me, TDS is always sort of a vague thing. I mean, it can be so many different things. Regardless, when I cured in situ, the TDS readings were higher than in tanks where the process wasn't employed, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Do some of the other materials leached out of wood have implications for the healthy break-in and operation of your aquarium? Can you even test for everything that leaches out of newly submerged wood other than simply label, you know, labeling these compounds as organics? Well, lignin is one substance that you might find, you know, leaching out of wood. And believe it or not, there are actually um, lignin test kits out there. Now, they're not designed for hobbyist work. They're designed for scientific, you know, work, ecology and so forth. I suppose it would be interesting and perhaps even informative, 
you know, to test for them to see what the concentration was. Although I'm not really sure what the function that you would get out of it would be, what it would perform other than just kind of knowing. Um, you know, it's just like testing for tenants, interpreting what's baseline or even okay for lignin is something we've never really done in the hobby, right? Another supposition would be that lignin concentration might be different in a filtered aquarium than it would be in some big container of water without a filter that you might cure wood in, you know, a big vat or something. The point is there's some things we just don't know. We assume. I mean, whenever we cure wood externally, we almost always see lots of that yucky biofilm and fungal growth on the surface tissues. It's par for the course when terrestrial materials are submerged in water. The real issue that makes in situ curing a bit unusual is the possible gross pollutants that may leach out of the wood. I suppose that would be stuff like dust, dirt, uh, insects, you know, dead insects, uh, bird droppings, whatever, maybe some small amounts of sap, etc. Stuff that's bound up in or on the surface tissues of the wood. And of course, the tannins. It begs the question once again about the dangers associated with this process. Are they perceived or actual? I mean, sure, an initial spray and scrub or even an overnight soak is absolutely recommended, even if you're curing in the tank. I'd also inoculate my new aquariums with bacteria like our purple non-sulfur bacterial additive culture. It's just part of what my process is. If you really want to dig down on the idea, just ask yourself this. What leaches out differently in a display tank than it would in an external curing container? Likely nothing. The main difference, of course, is that you have these compounds releasing into what ultimately becomes your display tank where all your fishes are going to live. So the initial water quality is impacted while this process plays out. But how long does it last? It can be as little as a few days or up to a month or more. And I say, who cares? Again, we're not in any rush to add fishes to our aquariums. So why is this a problem? We view all of this material as fuel for the microbiome that we're trying to foster. It's actually a contributor to the ecology of your tank. Now, our work with the urban agapo concept and its use of sedimented substrates and roots and stuff has sort of mentally conditioned a lot of us to accept this process and its cadence. Dealing with alternate aesthetics for a period of time is not exactly an alien concept to most of us that play in this world, right? Now, I did a lot of research on the online forums and articles, etc., and the reasons why it's recommended that would be cured outside of the display tank are always listed and in no particular order as things like to leach out impurities, to leach out tannins, to let the fungal growth subside, to waterlog and sink. Now, other than waterlog and sink as part of the process, which you can accomplish in the display tank by simply you know, placing some rocks on top of the wood, in my opinion, none of the other reasons given for external curing of wood are really non-starters here. Now, it's occasionally stated that boiling wood or extended soaking helps eliminate potential parasites that might be present in or on the wood. Now, that's important, but I'd hazard a guess that most wood used in aquariums doesn't have significant populations of parasites that could harm fishes either. And again, even if there are such parasites present, if you're talking about, you know, curing it uh, in an empty tank or taking your time to add the fishes, which is essentially keeping your tank fallow for a period of time, you're essentially denying any parasites that are present their hosts, right? So, yeah. Now, am I missing something here? I Possibly, but I don't really think so. It's just that I don't see the stuff that happens during the curing process as a problem. In situ curing isn't a perfect guaranteed role to accomplish everything that you want to easily, but it works. And the process and its impacts on the ecology of your aquarium is really, they're really not that different than what occurs in nature when you think about it. 
In nature, it's not uncommon at all for small and large trees to fall in the rainforest with punishing rain and saturating ground conspiring to easily knock over pretty much anything that's not, you know, firmly rooted. And when these trees fall over, they often fall into small streams, or in the case of the Varzea or the Agapo environments in the Amazon, the ones I'm obsessed with, they will fall and ultimately become submerged in the inundated forest floor when the water returns. And of course, they immediately impact their now aquatic environment, fulfilling several functions. Fallen trees provide a physical barrier or separation from currents, perhaps creating a little dam which accumulates leaves, sediments, and detritus, all important as food sources to a huge number of aquatic organisms. They also provide a substrate for algae and biofilms to multiply on, and providing places for fishes to forage among. And many fishes will reproduce and raise their fry among fallen tree trunks and roots and stuff. An entire community of aquatic life forms uses a fallen tree for many purposes, and the tree trunks, the branches, and other parts of the tree will last for many years, fulfilling this important role in the aquatic ecosystems that they now reside in each time the waters return. So let's focus on this ecological component for just a bit. Let's review what happens when a tree falls, literally. Shortly after falling into the water, fungi and other microorganisms act to colonize the surfaces, and biofilms populate the bark and the exposed surfaces of the tree. Now, over time, a tree will impart many chemical substances, lignin, humic acids, tannins, sugars, into the water as the bark breaks down and the tree itself softens. In aquatic ecosystems, much of the initial breakdown of botanicals is conducted by detritophores, specifically fishes, aquatic insects, and invertebrates, which serve to begin the process by feeding upon the tissues, uh, while other species utilize waste products, which are produced during this process, you know, for their nutrition. Now, in these habitats, like, you know, streams and flooded forests, a variety of species work in tandem with each other, with various organisms carrying out different stages of the decomposition process. The fallen tree literally, I guess you could say, brings new life to the water. And I can't stress enough how interesting and important the transformation of terrestrial environments to aquatic ones are. It helps explain so much of why aquatic habitats look and function the way they do and how they impact the life forms which make use of them. We've talked about this a lot, haven't we? Now, the materials that comprise the tree are known in ecology as allochthonous materials, something imported into an aquatic ecosystem from outside of it. Extra points if you can pronounce that on the first try, by the way. Yeah, so to put a bow on the idea of in situ curing of wood, it's uh, is sort of analogous to this natural process, both in terms of the way various compounds are imparted into the water and in terms of the ecological impacts that they cause in the aquarium. Now, of course, an aquarium is not nature and being a closed system, there needs to be, you know, biological processes in place, uh, you know, to assimilate these materials. But it's as simple and then as complex as that. So the idea of curing wood for aquarium use, while important to understand, may not be as impactful as we think. Uh, especially if we look at the process as a means to contribute to the ecological uh, processes which occur in your aquarium. It's about perspective as much as anything, right? I think that so many things in, in the hobby... Uh, that we consider problems are simply not problems. They just require us to think critically and consider the context of what we do. I'm curious to hear of your experiences with the sort of non-conventional approach to curing wood. Remember, it's not bad unless you don't understand the implications of what you're doing and don't have a means to deal with them. Just think about that. Stay curious, stay observant, stay experimental, stay informed, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.